and welcome to Manchester Strings and Drinking Gourds, How America Culture Came to Be, the podcast of the Frontier Culture Museum of Virginia. I'm Alex. And I'm Rachel. We'll be your hosts on this journey through the lighthearted, the strange, the serious, and the seriously strange bits of history we don't always get to cover with visitors at the museum. Museums are a great place, full of interesting things and interesting people to talk to. But for the most part, you don't always think of all the questions you'd like to ask while you're there. That's what this podcast is hoping to fill, these gaps. Picture the last time you went to a living history museum, or you may never have been to a living history museum, so try to imagine this. You wander around, looking at the displays, watching the interpreters do those daily tasks in a historic way, becoming extremely appreciative of all your modern conveniences. But do you ask questions? Do you know what's safe to ask? Do you end up spending too much time in one exhibit only to have to rush through the others? Sadly, we don't always get to spend as much time in museums as we'd like, especially right now. And there's always that one nagging question that you think of on the way home or at the dinner table later that day. Fortunately, we're going to try to be bringing you the answers to some of these questions over the course of this podcast series. We're really going to cover a wide range of topics. The Frontier Culture Museum is very fortunate to have interpreters with diverse backgrounds who are able to discuss a whole host of historic topics and issues in detail, continuously. Later on, we'll invite you, the listener, to ask your own questions that we will try our best to answer. But first, let's introduce you to the Frontier Culture Museum itself. The Frontier Culture Museum first opened in 1988 in Stanton, Virginia, right in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. And you were here right off the bat, weren't you, Alex? Yes, and really, how time flies. I really cannot believe I'm still here. When I started at the museum, we had two exhibits, the Irish farm and the 1850s farm site. Neither one was complete. There was no visitor center. The tobacco barn became the visitor center. The museum was one big field. We have come a long way in a very short period of time. The mission of the museum has expanded over time, and through trial and error and much hard work, we have become a very good museum. What made you decide to take a chance on a new museum, especially one in Stanton, which, as much as I love it, can sometimes feel like the middle of nowhere? We're definitely off the beaten tourist path. I was working at a wonderful museum called Old Sturbridge Village in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. I was debating if I wanted to be a teacher or still working as an interpreter at Sturbridge Village. A good friend showed me an article about the museum and told me they were looking for interpreters and I should apply. The only thing I knew about the area was it was beautiful, and Stanton was very near the Blue Ridge Mountains. I was a big-time hiker, and the lure of hiking in the Blue Ridge Mountains made me apply. And I was never so surprised when the museum offered me a job. Right away, I could see the museum had the potential to be a very special place, and I was intrigued to stay around to see it finished. However, the real reason I stayed here in Stanton is I met a wonderful woman, we fell in love, got married, started a family, and happy to say my wife and kids have volunteered or worked at the museum, and we all love the museum. And we're definitely a unique museum. The mission of the museum is to educate the public on the formation of a distinct American frontier culture formed from the cultures that emigrated and blended together. Each culture we represent in the Old World section of the museum, the West African, 17th century English, 18th century Irish and German, along with the Indian cultures already here, brought something or somethings with them that played a significant role in developing the American culture on the frontier. That word frontier is also something we try to define at the museum. Our New World section encompasses an Eastern Woodlands Indian settlement, a 1760s European settlement, and two distinct 19th century American farms, not to mention an 1840 schoolhouse and a mid-19th century African church. 
we demonstrate the progression of the earliest occupants of the Valley of Virginia to a mostly developed American-style culture in the National Period. But what does that term frontier really mean? That's something I like to ask school groups. It's always an interesting answer. How do you define it? I define it as a border between two distinct groups or areas. So to me, the museum is shown the western fringe of the British Empire in the 18th century. The museum, after much discussion and debate, and trust us, we have debated this question over and over again, have expanded the definition to include the area beyond the border to show an area that is unique with many different groups competing for control. The frontier area is violent, yet it's more equalitarian. All the groups we show at the museum had a part to play in life and the culture that developed in the frontier. Right, it's definitely a term that can have very specific connotations to people, namely that of Europe, which can sometimes give visitors a kind of shock when they arrive and immediately step into a West African compound. But that's why we're here, to tell the stories of the people who together formed the American culture. You can't do that without an introduction to who they were and where they came from. And living history can be a completely shocking experience for some people. To actually see people doing things you may have read about or to smell freshly baked bread or drying herbs can have a massive impact on how people understand and how their ancestors lived. Of course, that means interpreters have to be a very well-versed in multiple categories. The actual historical dates and facts, the physical know-how of daily life in the past, and how to successfully talk to people, that can be harder than people think. And that's something else we'll cover over the course of this series how to interpret history to people via living history. The Frontier Culture Museum purposely interprets in the third person, so you won't hear people putting on accents or crying witchcraft at a mobile phone. That has its place. Colonial Williamsburg, for example, is the better for it when you can actually interact with an interpreter representing a very well-researched historical person. But for our purposes, third person lets us engage with the visitor on a different level. We can answer questions and help the visitor access history by making modern analogies or refer them to deeper sources. How you go about interpretation definitely depends on the mission of each museum. You have to consider what you're trying to get across and what vehicle you will let you do so in the most com comprehensive way. But more of that to come later. This year, because of COVID-19, the Frontier Culture Museum experience is very different, but the good news is we are still open. The interpreters are not in the buildings, but are stationed outside in what we are called interpretive pods. This way, we are clearly six feet away from visitors and vice versa. The interpretation is the same, but many of the activities have to be curtailed as they are deemed unsafe. In the past, we proudly were hands-on and encouraged people to touch the objects or sit in the reproduction chairs. Now we're in the more traditional museum format of look and observe, but don't touch. We hope very soon we will go back to the hands-on museum, but only when we can put COVID-19 in the dustbin of history. So we hope you enjoy banjo strings and drinking gourds. We'll be bringing you historical episodes twice a month. You can check out the Frontier Culture Museum online at frontiermuseum.org, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You'll find background on all the farms at the museum, information on upcoming events, and so much more. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please consider visiting the website and clicking the donate button. Donations to the American Frontier Culture Foundation support programs like field trips, summer camp, and special events. We greatly appreciate it. See you next time.